Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back. back. Oh, my God. We're so cute. <laughs> we just, this was totally not planned for us to be over here talking in sync. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> Welcome back to yes. Birth, Work, and Base. Yes. Um, so, I am Shaquan. Um, I am a... A mother, a partner, um, a birth and postpartum doula. Um, yeah, that's me. Hey, I'm Janine. I'm same thing. I'm a mama, herbalist, midwife, partner, all of the things. No specific order. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're excited that you are listening to our third episode of Birth Worker Bay. Third episode. Thank <laughs> you to everybody who has listened. Yes. So our previous episodes, we are pushing 100 yes. on the listens. We got 100 on the first episode. Nice. We are, I haven't checked in a while. I used to check like 50 times a day, <laughs> but I haven't checked in a while. Um, the second episode, last time I checked, it was at 88. Nice. Um, so we appreciate y'all so much yes. for those 100. And actually it's at 192 now. Wow. I saw it when we logged in. Wow. So we appreciate everyone for those 192 listens. Thank you. Thank you. Please keep sharing. Yes. Please keep, you know, talking and talking with your folks about this show. Please Because do. this is the only show where birth workers are Black and are centering Black birth work experiences. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. How was your, how was your week, Shaquan? <sighs> I love asking that. I love asking that question. I feel bad saying it because yours was so busy and mine was so relaxing. Yeah. Don't feel bad about rest, girl. We talked about that last time. Don't we feel did. bad about girl sit down. We did. <laughs> but you know how um how as part of like unlearning and like relearning things, how you have to like Absolutely. get out of that mindset that you I always have to be busy yeah. in order to be productive. Yeah. Um, but that's how I've been feeling because, like, this past week since school has been out, we haven't did anything. <laughs> we went to a couple museums. Um, I like how you yeah. said that. Yeah. Chicago accent. Uh, huh? I really? love how you said museums. Uh, I mean, really? Chicago accent. <laughs> that was cute. I like that. <laughs> A Chicago accent is that a thing? It is. A it thing. is really. It is such a thing. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I wonder how it sounds like coming to like a non-Chicago ear, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Ella Twain. <laughs> oh, my, oh, well, you know, Chicago is a suburb of Mississippi and Alabama <laughs> and the Carolinas. Like we're just right outside the, the borders. So. Everybody got a southern twang. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So what have you been doing this past week? Uh trying to clean. I'm I'm like determined to have a clean house going mm-hmm. into the new year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tonight I'm gonna cook. But I've been at work trying to get acclimated to um you know my role mm-hmm. there. It's a relatively new job I'm in, so I'm just getting acclimated, being in the hospital more. But okay. Okay. trying to get healthy, y'all. Yes, because both been sick. You were both sick, but Janine's was on another <laughs> level of sick. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, God you still coughing? Mm-hmm. I'm, do you need something? Am I going to make it? <laughs> Am I going to make it? I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I pray so. 
I'm like, oh my Man. gosh. But yes. I know. Um Yes. All, my, all my little witchy herbs are like, no, babe, this, you have to move to the real medication because this is not working. Girl, me. So, we use, only when it's absolutely exactly. necessary. Exactly. Um, but, oh, I will say, because I had a toothache. When I had that toothache. Mm. So, we went to the store and got some Advil just in case. Mm-hmm. But he was like, well, I know you don't want to take this, so... We got some clove oil nice. and mixed it with some coconut oil, and he chopped up some garlic and put it in there, mm-hmm. and then I rubbed it on. Mm-hmm. And he had like these natural antibiotic pills. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was like cayenne, but I don't know what I was in there. Yeah. But um, took those and oh, now gargle with salt, warm salt water. Oh, boom! Like an hour that first day, like an hour after it took like an hour to kick in. But after that, I haven't been in pain at all. Oh, nice. I just rub some on there. I'll gargle with the warm salt water first. Uh-huh. Rub some of that on there and take that pill, girl. Nice. Good. Good. So that Advil is still sitting on the still sitting on the table over there. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yes. That's come nice. through. That's good. I yeah. love that. I love it. <laughs> that Disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer. <laughs> I am in no means <laughs> giving medical advice to anyone. I I'm I broke just- my arm. <laughs> Rub some Windex and some clove oil on it. <laughs> no, what do black folks do? We like right rubbing some dicks on it. Butter, some dicks, some butter too. Yes. Oh my gosh, some we butter. love butter. Yes. I ain't never heard of the Vicks though. Really? Yeah. Vicks works for everything. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god, that is new to me. <laughs> I'm joking. That's so oh, funny though. Shoot. <laughs> You know, people do come up with all kinds of remedies, so. I'm like big stuff in my house. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm a little big rub, it, rub it all over the place, especially under the nose. <laughs> I haven't, let me. I we got our little ones here today. Yeah. So if, if it's, um. Bear with us. Excuse me. If it's crunk, <laughs> you know what. <laughs> right. Right? No. Um, so here's my last question. So did you wash all your clothes? No. No? Because I wanted to go to the laundry today, but... You love the laundry. Girl, oh, my God. <laughs> That's TMI for the listeners. I my girl stay in the laundry, man. <laughs> That's her self-care. She be in there doing some other shit. I know it. <laughs> you ain't washing. <laughs> That's so funny. Honestly, I hate going to the laundry, but I'm always at the laundry. Literally, I'm very inspiring. Shaquan's about to go get them the children together. No fighting. <sighs> so, so no, I have not been to the laundry. Okay, or done laundry. Okay, I don't feel so terrible because I'm not gonna make it today. Mm-mm. Yes, I'm not either. No, I will get quarters though. Maybe okay. do a little. Okay. Um, That's so terrible. We didn't start off with Habari Ghani. Okay. Mm -mm. That's okay. Okay. We can do it now. Habari Ghani. Welcome to this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Do it again. Habari Ghani. Habari Ghani. Kumba Habari Ghani. Yes. Oh, wait. Was I supposed to say Kumba Habari Okay. One more time. One more time. One more time. Habargani. Kumba Habargani. Yes. Welcome to this week's episode. Or this episode. Yep. This month's episode of Birth Worker Bays. I just came in. Okay. Okay. One more time. One more time. 
Habargani? Kumba Habargani. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of Birth Worker Base. Nice. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good job. Okay. So I guess we should get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, cool. Um, so last episode, um, in the midst of our T.I. debacle. <laughs> um, I referenced how I wasn't a feminist because I had really strong feelings about the Black family as a whole. And Janine came through and was like, well, I'm a womanist for sure. I and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to look that up because I'm not sure what it is. Right? Mm. And so this is why... I love that you did that. <laughs> I love that you did that. Oh, yes. Mm. I'm like, I need to know what this is because... <laughs> It sounded like it was something that I probably practiced in you. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the language for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I absolutely looked it up. But I just also want to add, this is why it's so important to be in community with people that you can learn from. Yeah. Because you need to be over here inspiring y'all. Oh uh, A whole legend. Reflection. Uh, reflection. Reflection. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, so, and that, that's real. Because I remember... I used to live in South Africa, and a really good friend of mine, Aziza Ahmed, she's this Indian dope-ass lawyer activist. And I remember I was talking to her about feminism, and I was like, I'm not a feminist. And she's like, bitch, yes, you are. <laughs> like, she didn't she didn't say the B word, but she was like, to me, you just don't even know. And then I started reading a lot about, like, feminism in Africa, like, continental, mm-hmm. and then feminism here, and womanism, and yeah. Yes. So for those who don't know, so a womanist is, it's similar to a a feminist, sorry, a feminist, but um, it centers black women's experiences Mm -hmm. or black, black women and black fam's experiences um, over that. um, It doesn't try to like generalize Mm -hmm. it or it doesn't center white women. It centers our experiences because it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, Um, the, the and the the term was coined by Alice Walker, who is an author. If you don't know, she probably most famously, well, depending on who you talk to, most famously authored *Color Purple*. Mm-hmm. And um, it was in her book *In Search of Our Mother's Gardens*. <laughs> Another one of those books my mama made me read. Exactly. <laughs> Write a real oh, Your mama is so bomb. <laughs> she made me read these books like you're not. A black girl until you read this, yes. this, this, and this. I like, need the list. We need details. That's the we're we're oh man, we should have okay. Next episode, there's gonna be one of the segments. We need the list that your mama gave you. It was like <laughs> this is it. This is you the, this read is the reading list. Yes, we need that list. I oh need that list because I have a running list of books yes. in my phone mm-hmm. that I need to read. So I absolutely added um what is it? Secrets of Our Mother's Garden? Uh, in Search of Our Mother's Garden. In Search of mm-hmm. Our Mother's Garden. Oh, look of- at me, y'all. <laughs> in Search of Our Mother's Garden because um, actually I was listening. I'm, I'm a podcast fanatic. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. we already discussed, right? Mm-hmm. So I was listening to Black Girl Alone podcast. I went all the way back to the beginning. And because that's how I need to go in chronological mm-hmm, order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still decolonizing certain aspects of my life, y'all. <laughs> but I need to go in chronological. I'm sorry. No, that's real. In chronological order. And so I went all the way to the beginning. So I don't know what episode I'm on now, but um, they were um, talking about 
Um, yeah, so I was listening to this episode of Black Girl and Om, and they were just actually, did you say the quote yet? Mm-mm. No? no. You want to say the quote? Oh, so In Search of Our Mother's Gardens. Um, in the book, In Search of Our Mother's Gardens, Alice Walker, it's so dope. She put, it's a quote where she says, Woman is, is to feminist as purple is to lavender. And you yes. think about the richness of purple compared to the color lavender and mm. like the richness and the depth and mm. the meaning and all of that. And so I thought that 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 always stuck that always has stuck with me when I think about like all centering, you know, black mm. women's voices, how mm-hmm. how rich it is and how necessary it is. Yes. And so that quote was actually the title of the episode. So it's just amazing how things come full circle. Um Oh, for Black Girl Unknown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. It's just amazing yes. how things come full circle and um, everything always happens exactly when it was when it's supposed to. So a lot of these terms are new to me, but the practices of them are not. Ancient. Um, yeah. So, hell yeah, I'm They're a womanist. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm a woman. When I read the definition, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a damn womanist and didn't even know it, right? And so... Um, it's hard for people to say that though, because people have this idea about feminism, mm-hmm. this problematic idea about feminism, mm-hmm. where it's like you are prioritizing your experience, but not in the negating everything else that you believe, right? It's mm-hmm. like an add on instead of a takeaway. Mm-hmm. So when you were like, I am a supporter of the Black unit. Mm-hmm. That could still be true and true that you're a womanist. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like all of these things. It's work. not yeah. one or the other. Mm-hmm. You can be a womanist and still be in support of the black family right. as a whole yeah. at the same damn time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love you. You are so funny. <laughs> um. So... I'm sorry, I had cut you off. No, 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 it's fine. So I was just saying that, um, like, these terms are new to me. And they're new to me because I don't necessarily come from a background where I was encouraged to, like, own the power that already existed within me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as um, most Black folks are taught to look outside of themselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, hope that someone is going to come along and save them, right? Right, right, right. So, um so, um, but when you become like really aware, <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from woke, <laughs> but <laughs> aware mm-hmm. and you, and you realize like, damn, like anything that I want or desire, I have the power to bring that shit to fruition. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit. Like this goes, this defies or goes against everything that I've been taught up until now. Right. Right. And, um, so to come in, so for me personally, I didn't even tap into any of this until I was like, like my having my son was the beginning. It didn't happen right when I had him, but it was the beginning of like opening my eyes to like all these different things. Because when you're raising a black child, especially a black male in this world, it just opens your eyes to like all this shit, like one that you have to deal with raising that child. Mm-hmm. And then two, the things that um, they're going to have to deal with when they, um, one, when they come out of the womb, but as they get older, then they have to um, just deal with more and more of 
racism, basically. <laughs> um, but so that it really just has a way of opening your eyes. And um, I want to I always want to make sure that I am sharing. I don't want to pressure him to be any certain way. I just want him to know that like anything that he wants or desires, he has the um, capabilities or the, yeah, the capability is possible. Mm -hmm. And he has the capabilities of manifesting that um, for himself. So I don't want to teach him to rely on the outside source, Mm -hmm. whatever that Mm -hmm. may be. Um, And um, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 um, is saying a lot because we do look to, you know, external things. So when you were saying that, it made me think about um, our topic, mm-hmm. what we're about to get into. And I'm trying to decide if I should wait to say this or just mm-hmm. say it now hey, since, you brought, say since you brought it up. So when I think, when we think about um, things that we pass down, right? Mm-hmm. Ways that we think, ways that we behave, ways that we respond. They're always... I personally think they're done a lot in response to the oppression that we mm-hmm. and the trauma that, that we've endured. Yeah. And so um when I think about things like and we'll talk about it more, but like when I think about like poverty or feeling like I, I'm living in lack, it's mm-hmm. it's my response to a bigger trauma of yeah. oppression that yeah. me my parents like yeah. generationally have have gone through like the oppression is still there mm-hmm. and that's why I'm still responding that way yeah but having <coughs> a different mindset where I can change my response to that is what mm-hmm. like you said what I'm trying to teach my yeah. children yeah. to do because genetically it's already in there right mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this like they've inherited just because they came through my womb but yeah. the way they respond to be could be different. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like I like how you said. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess next, like, <coughs> and I think that's Excuse a good me. segue. Mm-hmm. That's a good segue because then my next point was like, how does this relate to generational healing? Mm-hmm. Um. But backtrack, backtrack, because before you get to healing, then you have to talk about gen- the generational curse. So I came across this status yesterday on Facebook. Um, again, divine timing. <laughs> it just be coming. And so that's why I got to keep a, jur- a journal with me at all times. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. let me write this down. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a podcast episode. Like, literally. <laughs> that's me too in my phone. I got mm-hmm. so many notes. Mm-hmm. But I find, side, side note, yeah. <laughs> I find something. I hate writing. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Like, period. Like, so when I go back to school, I don't know what I'm going to do because I hate writing, especially like papers, mm-hmm. like 10 page. I I will have a little a whole anxiety attack about a 10 page paper. Like, oh my God. But so when I find these things, like conversation topics that I'm super passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. I need to be able in the moment mm-hmm. to have a pen and paper ready so then I can start writing because mm-hmm. then it just flows. Like I get all this in like five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not much, but it's a start for me, right? right, right, right. <laughs> and um, so, but it's something so, um, I just think it furthers my passion when I'm able to put a pen to paper yeah. and write it down. Right. And then, but when I'm in my phone, like, yeah, I can type it, but. I don't know. It's just a different feeling. No, when is, I do it, that it way. Is. it's a different energy, uh, a different mm, feeling, mm-hmm. yeah, different yes. connection. Yes. Yeah. So when you write, like when you type it, then yeah, you're putting energy into it. 
But when you are writing something, exactly. you are literally like manifesting that shit right. into existence. Have you ever heard? Um, I mean, you have heard because we went to her conference last year. Mm-hmm. But Sabande, mm-hmm. her grandmother always says, "Don't, don't have." Well, she can quote it better than me, of course. But she <laughs> says, her grandmother used to say, "Don't let machines do what your hands can do." Mm. Because it's just a different, yes, a different outcome, a different energy, and so yes. I mean that makes that makes sense. Okay, Sabande, grandma. <laughs> yes, Elda just been dropping knowledge, y'all. I love. Y'all need them. to get with Sabande. She's a dope ass herbalist and healer mm-hmm. based yes, out of Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll put we'll put her um her information in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, what was I talking about? Oh, the status. Okay, so his status said, what is a generational curse? And who or what has the power to curse a generation? Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, like who made the phrase up and why? Okay. Um, and I was all prepared to go in there like, uh-uh, let me tell you, because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for <laughs> a whole month, right? And I ended up not writing anything, mm-hmm. but like when I went, um, a lot of people were like, I'm going to show you this. A lot of people were just saying, like, basically, it was generational bad habits, mm-hmm. right? And But do you know where it came, the term came from? Not on the Bible. Yeah, it's in a few different. Now, I'm not a Bible expert, so don't come for me. <laughs> Don't come for me. Y'all we know. need the name of the book. Y'all know I'm a witch. Chapter. You know I'm a witch, so I don't know nothing about no Bible, <laughs> and no church, none of that stuff. So don't come for me. But it came from, um, I think it's an exodus where God, see, don't give me the quote. <laughs> it didn't even flow out right. <laughs> where God is saying that he will curse the father and his third and fourth generation for worshiping idols. Oh. And I think it was for the Israelis. What? Yeah, and it was like, the only way that you can prevent being cursed and your generations being cursed, stop worshiping idols and claim me as your Lord and Savior. Hmm. And so I don't think it's coincidental that specifically Black people talk about generational curses. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that that's the language that we use because that's the language that would have been used to colonize us and to... Mm-hmm keep us feeling like we deserve to be child slavery. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it was like, you know, you're cursed. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick this cotton. And until you accept me as your yeah, Lord and Savior mm-hmm. and accept this Christianity, then this is what you're generationally going to be cursed. Yeah. And so then we've adapted all of these generational bad habits mm-hmm. because of the oppression and trauma that we endure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now, I think it now mm-hmm. that we've endured at least 400 years least. of this foolishness, right? Now, I think it goes way deeper though than it just being a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Because it's subconsciously passed down from mm-hmm. generation to generation. That's mm-hmm. not a bad habit. Mm-hmm. A bad habit is something that you... <laughs> You may not be like, it may not be That's top not of mind, right? No, it's not a fucking bad habit because it manifests itself in so many different ways. And you have to be very intentional about not continuing to pass down those mm-hmm. 
whatever. Um, all of your eggs that um, you will bear children from are present in your grandmother's womb, right? Um, and <laughs> I'll just say it. So um, the same way, so any trauma that your grandmother endures is passed down to you automatically because your eggs are already present in her womb, mm-hmm. right? And epigenetics. Um, mm, epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Girl. <laughs> I'm going to put, so in a simple, short, one sentence thing, epigenetic <laughs> is a shadow on your genes, on your your DNA. Mm. So if anything traumatic happens, you get like this shadow on it, so you pass it. That's why you can pass it to the bloodline. Because mm. then like, I'm sure that imprint, you know, in my body, mm-hmm. it imprinted from my ancestors, I inherited. Yeah. I'm going to put this video on the show note that I think PBS did. It's so dope about epigenetics. I need to it's watch really this good. today. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you have the trauma, any trauma that your grandmother experiences. Mm-hmm. And you still have a whole nother life to make it through. Because then... Um, Cause then, if your if your eggs are present in your grandmother's womb, then they're also present in your mother's womb. Um, so your mother uh, inherits any trauma that her mother experienced, and then you inherit any trauma that your grandmother and your mother experienced. So it's just so much to unpack there. Um, but that's just one of the ways that generational curses. Mm-hmm. Occur and like when you when you label something as a generational curse, especially before you come into the you arrive in the mindset of like being more aware um, of just the way things operate in this society, you really internalize that, right? Um, when you said that, it makes me think. There's a lot of things that we pass down intrinsically, like from within us, right? Mm-hmm. These intergenerational curses. Yep. But there's a lot of things that are just responses externally mm-hmm. that we pass down, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not based on yeah. our genes. They're not based on our, our experience. They're, they're a response to the experiences that we're having. Once you're here. Yeah. 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 I guess, you know, then we we can, that can alter us internally. But the external experiences are, are what we're responding to. It makes me think of Dr. Joy DeGruy. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's a dope as clinical psychologist and social worker. She's the one that wrote Post-Traumatic Slave mm-hmm. Syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's called um, Her book is called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing. And we talked about her a little bit last time. I don't know if I mentioned her name, but I talked about post-traumatic slave Syndrome and how uh, when we were talking about um, birthing and things like that. Mm-hmm. But anywho, she's a dope ass clinical psychologist and social worker. She's all over like YouTube and you can Google her. You can read the book. But um, she's actually my friend's mom, which I did not know. <laughs> my friend I went to school with. Her name's Bahia. Uh, Bahia and uh, we went to fit together. That's her mom. I didn't even know that was her mom. But anyway, she looks at um, multi-generational trauma with her theory about post-traumatic slave syndrome. And she looks at how the way people respond are adaptive behaviors to oppression, right? Oppression and trauma. Mm-hmm. And things that we had to do to survive um, 
the trauma of slavery. So like, for example, one of the, you might've seen this on Instagram, but one of the, the good examples that she gives is how we denigrate black children, right? Mm. So like if someone gives them a compliment, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, such a, your daughter's hair is so cute. She hates getting it washed. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. which is true. It's a fact. She hates getting it washed, but it's like, it has nothing to do with anything. You know, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But she gives an example of this black mom and this white mom. They're at school. Their children are at school with them. It's a little white boy and a little black boy. And the white mom is like, hey, your black son is doing, doing well in school. And um, no, no, no. The black mom says it first. The oh. black mom says, hey, your white son is doing well in school. And the white mom's like, oh, yes, he won a science champion. And he does this. And he's great. And he's the best. And he's blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, blah. In fact, the black son is actually doing better than the white son in school. Mm. So the white mom says, oh, you know, Jamar is doing good in school, too. Mm-hmm. And the mom's like, oh, my God, he's such a handful. You should see him at home. He's mm. crazy. You know, like all not what the white mom did. The white yeah. mom was like, hey, I'll tell you all these extra things that he's yeah. doing good. Yeah. The black mom denigrates the little boy. Does not mean that the black mom is not proud of the little boy. In fact, the black mom is proud of the little boy, but the little boy doesn't see that. The mm-hmm. little boy has been harmed by mm-hmm. how his mom is denigrating him in front yeah. of this white mom. Yeah. Well, the white little boy is like, oh, my mom. Mm-hmm. Some shit. Yeah. I'm gonna continue to be confident and you know, whatever. Yeah. She said, now take this same scene back 300 years. Mm-hmm. The slave owner comes to the woman in the field with her little boy right there. And he's like, hey, I see Tom is, uh, you know, growing up into a really strong and smart, hardworking mm. person. And the mom's like, no, he's shiftless. He's yeah. lazy. He doesn't even want to get up in the morning. He complains all day. He drinks yeah. too much water. Yeah. To keep the slave owner from taking this mm-hmm. little boy. She said it's the same thing. We do the same mm. thing today that we had to learn to adapt, to mm-hmm. survive that trauma. Mm-hmm. We're still doing the same thing today. And then when she mm-hmm. when I saw that clip, I was like, that's so true. Because I do the same thing all the yeah. time. I never tell people about what I'm doing, what I'm working on, if I get an yeah. award or if I get mm-hmm. nothing. Because I don't want them to use that against me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done it sometimes at work, you know. Can anyone do this? I'm not going to tell you I can do this because you're going to sign that to me and I'm going to have more shit to do because black women work yeah. hard yeah. for less pay, yeah. expected to work for free. And all that, you know, all of this internally is swarming in my brain. It's like, how much do I let, how much myself do I reveal mm-hmm. to, you know, whoever it is, my employer, my whatever, you know, whatever it is, because is that going to then turn around and bite me in the butt? Yeah. You know, or am yeah. I going to be exploited for yeah. for this hard work? You know, it's so draining, <laughs> operating, <laughs> operating. It is in a white supremacist mm-hmm. society, <laughs> and it's just like that's why <coughs> it is. It's, it's I had to quit my I quit my job in February. <laughs> Cause I'm like, hey, yeah, shame. Yeah, I'm like, it wasn't nothing party. spectacular. Yes, but it was just like so draining. Cause one, I don't want to be here any fucking way. Mm-hmm. One, that's one. I don't want to be here. I don't. I'm not passionate about what y'all doing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> this, y'all shit, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not anywhere near being passionate about making you more money. Exactly. Right. And so I really don't give a damn about shit that y'all got going on. Right. <laughs> But here I have to come in every day, put on this fake aid, mm-hmm. um, 
and do these things to help move your business forward because mm-hmm. that's what you do when you otherwise they don't need you right right and it's just so draining going in there and working to build somebody else's dream mm-hmm. and then you get home take care of your family mm-hmm. right um and do whatever you need to do in regards to that and then try to work on what you need to do for you right. your passion your, yeah right. Yeah, it is. And so I was just like, fuck that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time I talk to my mom, she'd be like, so did you find a job? <laughs> you're like, I'm free. I'm working. I'm doing this. I'm working in my community. That's what's up. Okay. That's I'm something like, so That's something. Because that's hard. That's hard. That's actually an intergenerational curse. It is. And I, I want to make this connection right. Mm-hmm. Intergenerational curses equal intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. caused by intergenerational oppression. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's yeah. very. It's like you can it's draw arrows between yep. each. Yeah. Yep. It's the same thing. Yep. And it all begins with the oppression. Mm-hmm. Why we as Black people think that we can go through these traumatic events and. That we come out unscathed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, so Kevin Hart has a new documentary on Netflix. Have mm-hmm, you seen it? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it. I haven't watched it. Okay, yeah. And it was, you know, I've been kind of iffy about Kevin Hart since whatever. Oh, since Tori. What was that show Tori was on? What show are you talking about? They had a show with Kevin Hart's ex-wife on there. I do not remember the name. Oh, Real Husbands of Hollywood? Is that what it was? With a whole bunch of other... Like act comedians? I don't think it was that one because this one was all women. Oh no, I don't know. Oh girl, I don't remember what it was. Girl, don't let him hips. That's her. She loved Kevin Hart. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I mean, I know y'all. <laughs> Your voice now. Okay. <laughs> but um, so I've been feeling a kind of way about him since mm-hmm. then because it's like, first of all, I try not to get too wrapped up in celebrities' lives mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I got my own shit to deal with. But um. <laughs> But I'm like, mm-mm. Because... Like they over there watching us. Get your knees and shake mine. No, don't make no, no, don't go there. I can't wish you did tonight. I don't give a fuck about it. Okay, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was like, okay, mm-mm. Kevin, well, when he first came out, he was funny as shit. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart was funny as shit. Now, he like stupid funny. And mm-hmm. I, I can't get with that. But um, He's not hungry anymore. Quanta says because they he allows himself to be typecasted. Mm. He hungry, and you see it on the show. He hungry as fuck. Uh-huh. Um, but the roles that they put him in, mm-hmm. or that he accepts, because mm-hmm. it's just like, sorry, no. Mm-hmm. But um, however, um, so his documentary, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling him because I'm like, mm, he cheated on his wife. Oh, God. Left her for this woman. They go get married, have a baby. Then he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-mm. But um, in this break of not doing shit, <laughs> I was like, and I don't even watch TV, but I've been watching it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this break is up, then I'm just go back to not watching TV. Um, but he he talks about, he addresses all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he... I always thought that I don't believe shit. Like I need proof. I need facts to back it up. Right? I don't believe nothing sense. ever. Mm-hmm. And so when he talks about the jokes about his dad, or mainly about his dad, mm-hmm. um, I always thought that there's probably some truth to it. 
but it's exaggerated. Mm -hmm. But then on the show, he addresses it and like, no, this shit was for real, right? Right. Of course, he exaggerated it somewhat to make it what does he say about Funny his dad? for television. Oh, then he talks about when his dad came up to his school with some gray sweatpants on, but he ain't had no drawers on, and his dick was just swinging. <laughs> <laughs> or how his grandma gave him a card, mm-hmm. and in the card it was $20, and when he opened the card, $20 fell out, mm-hmm. and his daddy hurried up and put his foot on $20, and was like, uh, right? Like, he didn't see this whole $20 bill just fall out. So he just makes light of all the traumatic ass experiences that Mm -hmm. he had to deal with growing up, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the show, he was like, like they are playing clips from the actual show where he talked about those jokes. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I have to deal with this growing up from my dad. And, but you know, I came out cool. Like, look at me. I'm cool. I'm successful, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just so funny because here you are thinking that that didn't affect you in any way Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm However, some of those same behaviors, like his dad wasn't there. He was absent more mm-hmm. than he was present. Mm-hmm. And some of those same behaviors are manifesting themselves in his life because he works like he's a workaholic. Okay. Um, and so you think that you're so present for your family and your children and whatnot, but you being a workaholic is making you not present. Right. You're you're not present for the same reason. It's not for the same reason as your father was not present, mm-hmm. but it's the same exactly. cause and effect. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's two parts to that. So your father wasn't present, you're not present, mm-hmm. right? And then it's um, why do you feel the need to work so hard, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I don't think there's ever a day Kevin Hart is not going to be broke. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. His children are not going to be broke, right, right? right? And there's still like it's never enough. There's this you're never going to reach that initial high, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so it was just funny how those same things that you think did not affect you are manifesting themselves mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. That makes day. so much sense. Yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yes. Um, so we don't we don't come on the other side without some kind of bruising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That makes so much sense. Um. Maybe and like him not seeing the connection. Yes. Yep. And then I also want to talk about how, um, like all of the trauma that we inherit. Um, one of the coping mechanisms is to make light of it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. just how we get through. Um, right. I ain't funny. That ain't how I get through. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. for as a whole, that's how many of us get through with it. Mm-hmm. Like, we make light of the situation. And when you make light of your pain, then that's given the perception that, like, oh, he's okay. Yeah. Like, that's funny yeah. to him. Like, I, I can laugh at it. Too. I can say nigga, too. Like, you yeah. know, it's the same exactly. thing. And it reminds me of that quote that says... I don't know exactly how it goes, so don't kill me. But basically... Don't come for someone. Yes, please. But basically, it's like, if you don't speak up, then they will uh, take your pain or like continue doing whatever it is to cause that pain mm-hmm. and say that you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. You make light of shit, then that gives them the okay or the green light to continue doing whatever toxic toxic or oppressive ass shit that they're doing and say like, like oh yeah, yeah you enjoy yeah. it yeah so if he didn't take those 
stupid, goofy ass rose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That's my own personal opinion, but um, no, yeah. it's true. Yes, I love that. Um, but so, how do you interrupt the passing down of gen- in- um, of intergenerational curses? <sighs> you had to take a breath for that. A hold. I had to breathe. That's a whole from the bottom of my belly mm-hmm. and release that dead air mm-hmm. and let it out. Yeah. Oh. So for me personally, so like once I realized that I had the power to manifest the life that I want to live mm-hmm. or whatever that encompasses, right? Right. Then. Um, and also, once I realized, like, all of the programming that had been done. Yes, yes. Um, then I made the conscious decision to be very intentional about undoing um, all of that pro- programming mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, doing my part to interrupt that um those generational curses that right. have been handed down. So me quitting my job was just one form, right, <laughs> one right. form, of, one that. form of that. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to teach my child that um you need to get up and go get a job mm-hmm. to in order to be successful. Right. And speaking of Kwanzaa, that's like self discrimination, right? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to teach him that mm-hmm. your livelihood, your happiness, your your peace, your rest, your well being all yep. depends on. Mm-hmm. The 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 okay yep. from this other entity, this, mm-hmm. it, whether it's a, your boss is a person or organization or an establishment, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's self determination. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Chagalia. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm just saying these Kwanzaa principles. I stand right. <laughs> You know, some folks are going to be coming for you because <laughs> you know how th- those people on Christmas are like, I don't know, why y'all celebrate Christmas and this, 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 right? And then those same people turned around and was like, let me do it to y'all, what y'all did to us on Christmas. <laughs> you know, Kwanzaa was started by and he was a, you know, exactly. whatever, whatever. And I just was like, I'm just on the sidelines looking like, y'all do what y'all want to do. Don't come for me. Okay. Because I celebrate it all. <laughs> I celebrate. Uh, I play. I start playing Black Christmas songs the day of Thanksgiving when I'm cooking food. I celebrate it all. That is so funny. I feel like, just like you said, like you can break intergenerational curses. You mm-hmm. can create an intergenerational intergenerational tradition. Mm-hmm. And that was something that we did. We ate. We cooked food. We ate, and we communed. That was like the one time of the year when my mama didn't have to work. And that we can be with our other family mm-hmm. that didn't have to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's yeah. on the plantation 364 days a year. Yeah. But we can get together this one day yep. and be together. We can fight. We can watch the game. We can do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. And then that fills me up mm-hmm. to make it through the rest of the year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My family does. Yeah. So. And I wholeheartedly believe in just letting people do whatever yeah. it is that. that makes them happy. And generational healing looks a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it can be you sharing the quantum principles mm-hmm. um, or learning the quantum principles. It can be me leaving my job, right? Mm-hmm. It can be, I mean, just so many different so things, many different layers, layers yeah. um, to it. But 
You okay. have to be aware mm-hmm. that the intergenerational trauma and curses and oppression exist yeah. before you can even begin to um, establish some sort of healing. You have to be aware and then got to be willing to let it go. Because some of them, I'm not going to lie, some of them bad habits mm-hmm. are very helpful for people. Mm-hmm. They hold on to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can think of, like, some people not ready to stop whipping their children. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's terrible, but they feel like that's the way that they can control them. So then do you think that they're aware? I just... I think some people are aware. Some, so they're aware of the... The, the damage that they're yeah. causing? I think so. And I think so, some people are like, you know, it happened to me. I turned out okay. I think mm-hmm. people are yeah, like that. And people, people know what's harmful. It's just... They're not ready to look at it a different way. I just be having a hard time wrapping my mind around. Like, how can you be aware of something and not do the work to change it? And I know, like, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't function that way, right? right? right. Um, but I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. I'm trying to think of <laughs> something I do. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I'm aware of. Because I'm sure we all do. Okay, eating. But that's not in a generation. I mean, it could be in a generation. It absolutely could. But just be. an example. I know mm-hmm. that I eat for anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I totally know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I clearly don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't even eat terrible, first of all. <laughs> first of all, you I ain't know where eating no pork ribs. No, no, no. So, You're right. I'm not, I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. You ain't You're no right. chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had we told him what Chimba was. Oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> what happened? She was like, her face was like she was not pleased. About really? It. So that's, funny. That's shit. That's shit. I'm tell you. I'm gonna see how he reacts to this. So chitter, chitter. I could picture him trying to say it now, proper and stuff. <laughs> Chitterlings. What? What is that? First of all, sir, they're Don't chillings. come for us. We don't eat chillings. Don't come for us. We do not. <laughs> I now, in my younger days, before I knew any better, mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say I was an avid chilling eater, but maybe I had to be under 10. I was definitely under 10, but I had some chillings with some hot sauce. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know no better. I didn't know. That a chitlin was an intestine. Um, I mean, sure. I, I I don't know if I've ever eaten chitlins. My grandfather used to own a um, barbecue restaurant in Evanston. Uh-huh. I'm mopping his son. Uh-huh. So he cooked. Because mm-hmm. I ate pig feet. I ate ribs. I ate, you know, sauce. Yeah. I ate all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ate chitlins. So I think I would remember that. Mm-hmm. I just could yeah. never get with the smell. We have we have like digress. <laughs> I know from the original time, but it all still somehow relates because this is some intergenerational trauma. Eating chillings <laughs> is traumatic as fuck. <laughs> being living in a house where the chitlins have to be, or just being in a house where the chitlins have to be clean is traumatic as fuck. <laughs> That's just thing. And like. If you're the person clean, like how could you be the person standing there opening up the intestines <laughs> to clean the shit out? I just that is hilarious. Imagine. 
hilarious. I cannot. That's a that's that's an intergenerational curse. <laughs> <laughs> that right there. That's what that is. If that's your role. You have been cursed. <laughs> that's your role in the family. That's hilarious. That is so funny. Was, oh my god. We were talking about um, healing and curses. I don't know why I just thought about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of the relate. I remember meeting a woman who had a miscarriage. And we were just talking. And we were talking about our experiences with, you know, pregnancy loss. And then she told me that uh, she felt like her womb was cursed. Mm. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. Pump mm-hmm. the brakes. First of all, your words are so powerful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're actually telling your body how to respond physically. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, your womb is not cursed, my dear. Your womb can never be cursed. We have differences in fertility, and then that's what you have to like understand. Your fertility is your norm, it's different. You know, we all have variations of fertility. And I was just talking to her about that and how um you know like resources stuff she can look into about yeah. like assistant with fertility and things like that. But it was just like, wow, like people, including myself, you know, like have different ways of thinking about like our bodies in this space. You know what I'm saying? Like how our differences can be looked at as as curses. Yes. Can you imagine carrying that thought around or that belief around that your womb is cursed? Right. That's heavy as fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about like healing that, like what what it was it's gonna take to unpack that. Mm-hmm. And I was just even telling her like when you do that work, you you know them babies are gonna come. You know what I'm saying? The babies are gonna come. Just, mm. You just have to like just go through it. Yeah, go through that. Because when you process. have that mindset, mm-hmm. my womb is cursed. Then you operate. As though your womb is cursed. Mm-hmm. So you're speaking it into existence. Mm-hmm. Then your actions are upholding that mm-hmm. belief. Mm-hmm. So then that's just what's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> but I also think on the flip side, I think that it can also be used as like a cop out. So for example, my dad and all his baggage. <laughs> One time we were having a conversation because I've done a lot of digging. I don't think it's really gotten me. Um, no. Okay. No. I'm not going to say that. And then I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. But um, my dad and all his baggage. So we were having a conversation. He's down in... Where is he in Mississippi? He's somewhere in Mississippi. I can't remember this, the town he's in down there. But he's somewhere in Mississippi. And he said that um, he said that he felt like the men in... The men on my dad's side, the men in our family on his side were cursed. Okay. And for me... Why he say that? Because as far as like being into drugs and being in the street, right? Mm -hmm. And it didn't... At the time, I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe that would explain Mm -hmm. why the men on the side of the family are the way that they are, right? Mm -hmm. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's like... That may just be an excuse for you to carry on with the behavior mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you have. Because if you, like you said, if you can acknowledge mm-hmm. that this 
is a toxic way of mm-hmm, being. Mm-hmm. The same way that you acknowledge that, you can put in the work to break said right. curse right, if right, you right. really believe that there's a curse. Right. So on the flip side, I think that it can also be used as a cop Right. Or an excuse to continue that behavior. Like, oh, I can't change this. We curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's nothing that I can do about mm-hmm. it. Mm-mm. Right. No, there absolutely is. So, um, as you're as you're saying that, it's making me think of the term too, right? Like curses, because people can put a work in. You know what I'm saying? People that that that's, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, my my family's from the south. That's yeah. a real thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like people are actively working to mm-hmm. undo that work. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, like yeah, if someone thinks someone did a work on you, put a curse on you, they're like working to undo that. They're not like oh. I've been cursed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because who just want to sit there and live <clears throat> a cursed life? <laughs> no fuck. Like, oh, damn, I'm cursed. What was me? Shit. A cursed life. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, so however you're going to approach that is totally up to you. So if mm-hmm. you're going to approach it from a spiritual aspect, a religious aspect, mm-hmm. if you're going to approach it, approach it from a way of you being very intentional about the things that you do in your life mm-hmm. to not continue that, however you want to approach it, or um, change it or respond to it or whatever right. is up to you. But to just sit there and live in that. Yeah. You've already done the hardest part of acknowledging yeah. that this ain't working for you. This yeah. dysfunctional as fuck. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so trying to think of how like intergenerational curses relate to birth work this kind of has something to do with our our bay corner it's a new segment y'all but we're gonna do it at the end but we're we're thinking about like (laughs) in generational curses or behaviors or bad habits or even i would even include like family norms Mm -hmm. and so i think one of our one of the habits that we as black people have, like we don't trust our intuition or like you said earlier in the show, like you're looking outside Mm -hmm. instead of like looking inside of what's what's doable and capable for you in your life. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of a time I went to a film screening uh, when I lived in D.C. And I can't remember what what the movie's about. Anywho, that doesn't even have to do Nothing to do with the story, but <laughs> we were at the film screening and we were talking about birth and how you know wonderful and magical birth is, which it is. And I remember standing up um, saying that I enjoyed the movie. I love this. I love this, you know, being in this community because birth to me looked a very particular way, right? Mm-hmm. People get pregnant, they go to a hospital. They have a C-section. They go home with a baby. Like, I didn't know anything about yeah. all these various ways people go through pregnancy and birth their children. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I love, this is when I first became a doula, so I was like really wide open. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I was yeah. really green and wide open. I was like, I just love this and affirming that birth can look many different ways because I am, my mom had me at 23, mm-hmm. uh, she had a c- cesarean and then actually fell off the bed after she had a c- C-section. I mm-hmm. was uh, six weeks early. Mm-hmm. And so the person who was facilitating the movie screening was like, oh, that's, you know, 
Yeah, you can totally, birth looks many different ways, but you know, you're most likely gonna repeat, repeat this cycle mm-hmm. of how your mom delivered more, most likely like that's how you you deliver. So basically too. you just ended up with C-section because right. your mom had C-section. Exactly. I was like, wait a minute, pump and I was like, pump okay. the brakes, that shit is not gonna be my story, <laughs> okay. right? That's not gonna be my story at all. And that, that made me really adamant when I got pregnant to not even come anywhere near a, a hospital mm-hmm. uh, because that wasn't going to be my um, my legacy that I was going to create in my family, right? Yeah. I was going to have these babies at home. I was going to have them naturally. And, and that's what we did. Also with breastfeeding too, right? Mm-hmm. Healing intergenerational trauma. Yeah. If anyone sees Free to Breastfeed, um, the book that I co-authored, I talk a little bit about my mother's story in the book and how she began having um, surgeries for cysts in her breast when she was 13. And they told her that she would never she would never breastfeed. And so when um, she had me and they encouraged her not to breastfeed because, you know, she had this history of these surgeries. She might get cancer. And in fact, actually, is the opposite. You know, black women have the most aggressive forms of cancer and that actually breastfeeding me probably could have reduced her risk of developing breast cancer and dying when she was 43. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's not going to be the legacy of my family. I'm going to create a new legacy. I'm going to breastfeed these babies for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, so like healing is very painful because in both of these situations, I see how my mom being a black woman in this space in, in the medical industrial industrial complex, giving her misinformation mm-hmm. contributed to her death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not gonna. I I was very firm, adamant, like creating a new way mm-hmm. to to exhibit to my children, not so that they can you know have a long longevity that my mom was proud of. So I think it, it's very painful. And sometimes that's what it takes for us to change these things. Yeah. Someone dies or we get really sick or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's hard work, but it definitely can change. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good segue into um, bringing up, like, how important it is to begin your own healing process. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Um, as a birth worker, before you um, go and attempt to support families mm-hmm. in addressing or healing during, you know, whatever right. their birth experience right. is or fertility support or whatever way that you're helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to address your own stuff mm-hmm. before you go and try to assist someone else with their stuff. Right. Um, because if you go into it with like toxic, a toxic mindset or, um, toxic practices, um, and then you are, cause they're looking at you. That's why they hired you. They're looking at you as the expert. And then you're passing <clears throat> on this toxic mindset or practices, mm-hmm. then, um, you're doing more harm. Than good, right? Um, and I'm not saying that you have to arrive at this certain level of healing before you should partake in this work. Right. I'm just saying <laughs> that you should be right. Aware. Your whole penile gland <laughs> detoxed. Like, no, we're not saying that. 
Because <laughs> if that was the case, I definitely wouldn't be here. Because healing is an ongoing process, right? You never arrive at a point where it's like, okay, I'm healed. Y'all ain't no shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're always healing. You're always, always, always healing. Um, but being aware of the ways that you need to heal, mm-hmm. being able to identify that um, is a really, <coughs> is really critical <laughs> to um, to you being able to go and support families in whatever setting, whatever fashion, right. um, or whatever, just whatever way that they choose to conduct themselves in there. Because it's one thing to share knowledge, and then it's one thing to push your ideas and beliefs and opinions off mm-hmm. onto another person. And it really rubs me the wrong way mm-hmm. when I see people do that. Um, and it furthers the idea that, like, because, um, like, oh, I was talking to someone today, and they was like, oh, well, doula's only for natural birth, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, actually, <laughs> They are not. <laughs> whatever, whatever you decide. I'm just here to educate. Well, I don't want to say educate you because you're already educated. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to share share your options. Right. Um, give you the risk and benefits of each. And then whatever you decide upon, I support that. You're all last person. You can do whatever you want. Hello. Hello. I mean, and that, <laughs> that, that's so true. And then I think that's one of the real reasons why it's so important that we decolonize this birth work. <laughs> Don't I, take me into this pointed, whole conversation. I pointed to Shaquan because that's her, that's her jam. <laughs> right decolonize now. this birth work <laughs> because we're not just looking at this one person, right? Mm-hmm. Because it don't matter what you say because this one person goes back to their family, yep. their community, wherever it is. So we have to bring everyone into the fold, right? So that we all have like this collective understanding of how this experience, how this person wants this experience to go, how this person wants to parent, how this person wants to, you know, have this baby. Because then you can start to dismantle like those Mm -hmm. bad behaviors or Mm -hmm. curses. I have my air quotes, you know, because you're going to ask like, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. Why do you think if she does this a different way that that's, you know, shitting on your family or your legacy, you know, why? Let's, let's, grandma, let's talk about what this is bringing up for you and how, you know, what are you afraid that if she starts this new legacy or this new way of thinking around this trauma that we've endured, Mm -hmm. that that's going to make you, like, discredit you or make you feel like your experiences are important because they are. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like we have to bring everybody into the fold, yeah. So that you know we can honor how these people are choosing to change their families, their family mm-hmm. history. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we all we don't all start at the same point. We mm-hmm. all start at different points, and we all start at different times. Mm-hmm. And so this is another thing that bugs clearly does a lot of things. You're an Aquarius. He's like that. But I hate when um, I hate when people who already initiated that healing process mm-hmm. and then they think that because they've begun healing, everybody else is supposed to start when they start. Mm-hmm. Like, no, people 
you have to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. People arrive in their own timing, right? So everyone isn't supposed to arrive when you arrive, right? And right. you have you still have to be able to um, connect with them. Well, you don't have to, but it would be a good thing if you were still able to connect with them where they are and allow them to come into in their own divine timing, right? Right. Um, I don't know what they have to do with our topic overall. It does. It does. It totally does. That's so funny. It totally does. Yeah. Because myself, for example, like I was asleep for 30 fucking years, right? Okay. I mean, that's what it has to do with It's like, it's no, it's never too late to say that you're done Mm -hmm. with these habits that are not serving you. It's never too late. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be 60. I'm going to be like, you know what? Not know. now, y'all. She ain't 60 now. <laughs> I'm going to be 60 like, I don't like doing that no more. <laughs> I'm not about that no more. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just decided last week that I was done with something. <laughs> Hence, Jennifer Lewis and Brandy singing, I don't want to fuck nobody up. <laughs> I decided just last week I was done <laughs> with something. <laughs> so, moving into 2020, that ain't going to be my experience no more. <laughs> new year, new year. Yeah, new year. <laughs> Who this? <laughs> I was just done with something. And that took me 42 years to decide. I'm not doing that shit no more. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to fuck nobody else. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, yes. You already know. So, to wrap up this conversation, <laughs> discussing intergenerational oppression. Yes. And trauma. We're leaving that shit in 2019. We not we not when those people who like okay it's twenty twenty let me sit down and write out these no. um what do they call them resolutions these New no. Year's resolutions I don't have resolutions right <laughs> we're not about that but I do have some things that I intend to work on mm-hmm. going into this next season mm-hmm. right um so but um to wrap up the mm-hmm. oppression and tra- trauma and curses that are passed down from generation to generation um. And bring it back to birth work. But um, that's why it's so important that we begin to do our own healing mm-hmm. um, before we um, attempt to go out and support families and facilitating their own healing process. Because mm-hmm. if you go into it with the same um, toxic mindsets or like uh, practices that have been passed down to you, um, and then um, they look to you as the expert right. um, because that's why they hired you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go and you pass those on to to the, the clients that you support or um, serve, then like it's just going to continue. Right. Right. Try to find someone you can work with to get you through these these processes because yes. it's hard. Healing is hard. It mm-hmm. is. You need get you a support. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Janine, get you a Janine. Ah, please. <laughs> we be learning from each other. We do. Um, but ma- mostly it's, so whatever way that you do that, like my partner says, I always, I'm just always listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of healing for right. me. Um, because that's I just learned really so ones. much. Some mm, really good There ones. are some really good ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm always on the lookout for some bomb black people-led podcasts mm-hmm. um, always. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other episode where we'll share our favorite podcasts with you all. Um, 
So mm-hmm. I think I I feel I feel good about um, <laughs> that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it's right on time. Yes, I just want to say intergenerational healing mm. does not wait for nobody. Mm. So don't let don't let the time pass. You ain't you ain't talking to your mama. You ain't speaking to your uncle. Like you don't let that time pass. Mm. Get it done. Get it done now so that you can you can move on. Um as a complete, you know, person. Yeah. But yeah. uh Let's move on to Bay Corner. Bay Corner. Hey. <laughs> so um, Bay Corner is a new segment. Yes. Thanks to the genius of Shaquan. Oh, please. Shaquan <laughs> thought, and I think so too, it would be really important to share a Black birth worker um, every episode. episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just want to highlight some bomb dope ass people that we see out here doing the work i see you girl yeah i, I see, see you, you. <laughs> being the spiritual light beings <laughs> that we strive to be yes and always filled up and backed up by our ancestors yes. i just we thought it would be so disrespectful if we didn't start this first Bay Corner with the mother of gynecology herself. <laughs> so today, this month, we're highlighting Anarcha Westcott. Anarcha Westcott was an enslaved African woman in America who is uh, one of the countless slaves that was used for experimentation by J. Marion Sims. People like to coin J. Marion Sims as being the father of gynecology Mm. without acknowledging these beautiful black bodies that he worked on without anesthesia, right? He did Mm -hmm. this without any pain medication because black people don't you know, they tolerate pain more. That's the thought. Even to this day, that's the thought. Mm -hmm. So I love Anasha. She's one of my North Stars. Uh, J. Marion Sims is from South Carolina, but he opened up a clinic in Mobile. And so he did a lot of this experimentation in Mobile. And you heard me say this. I like to think Anasha is one of my descendants, (laughs) one of my ancestors, (laughs) because my dad's family is from Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. So I like to always uplift her. Um, she was 17 years old when she first got pregnant, and Jay, um, she had a three-day labor. She had a three-day labor, which caused her to have a fistula. Fistula is the, the opening sometimes between the bladder and the vagina or the vagina and the rectum. And Jay Marion Sims used the bodies of these enslaved women to perfect this repair, this surgery. And so he was brought in to try to repair her fistula so that she can go back and work. Um, along with her, um, some of the other names that are known are Betsy and Lucy. Mm-hmm. Betsy is actual uh, enslaved woman that created the speculum. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking genius. She showed Marion Sim the handle of a bent spoon in 1845 hmm. and be like, nah, 
you were going to use this to do your experimentation on me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So she created the spectrum. We're so beautiful and genius and resilient. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like we figure out ways to make ourselves, um, give ourselves humanity and dignity, even within our trauma and our oppression. And so I thought it would be important to honor her in Bay Corner as the first bay in our corner. Thank you. <laughs> thank, oh, you. thank you. I love it. Um, I could talk about Anasha all day long. She's my North Star. One of my North Stars. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will remember all of what you said at the end, mm-hmm. but that's going to be a whole quote on the page. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, uh, we figure out a way to make ourselves um, I don't know what I said either. To give ourselves humanity. Oh yes. In the midst of our oppression. Our oppression. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's heavy. It's true. It's profound. Oh, girl. And we do the, that shit every single, every single day, day without the blink of an eye. Without it. Like it's one of our superhero, our superpowers, our black superpowers. That's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't talked about it in a long time, but that's a whole ass shirt. <laughs> And it's gonna be on the website. She's making me cough. I got week. all my cough drops over here. I'm <laughs> stuffing them in my mouth. That's what this rattling you hear is cough drops. That's a whole ass shirt. So I'm gonna go and add and to the shirt. Yes, it'll be on there this week, y'all. Yes. Yeah, oh, by the time y'all it. hear this, it's out. It's out. So boom. <laughs> So that's it for today's episode, y'all. Hey. It took a lot of work to get this episode done. Because <laughs> we, we are on vacay mode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. I think you're going somewhere. I'm going to Nashville yes. to visit my, I have family in Nashville. My mother, my nieces, my yes. nephews, my brother, cousin. Um, so we're gonna go to Nashville for a few days. So jealous. But we are officially so we've been lamping. <laughs> but I'm so glad that we have come together today to bring you yes. all this interesting yes. episode. Yes, it's interesting. It's really important. It's something to think about mm-hmm. on this New Year's Eve that mm-hmm. we move exactly into, to the new year. So perfect timing, mm-hmm. divine timing. So for those of I you should. who do practice, yeah. Um setting resolutions for the new year, then by all means do that. And hopefully we were able to spark some thought mm-hmm. into, well, it'll be <laughs> after new year's right. when you hear this, but still, hopefully it'll be, able, we were able to spark some thought into um, whatever intentions you're setting going into this new season. Yes. So we appreciate y'all for listening. Yes. We love you. We appreciate you. Please continue to share. Yes. Shaquan, where can you find us on all the things? Yes, I just want to put this out there before I go into that. We are now available <laughs> on all major platforms. Yes. So Spotify, y'all be cutting up on Spotify. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Apple Podcasts, y'all be cutting up on Apple Podcasts. I think they're thank like naked. Yes, and then of course we're available on Anchor, um, Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Androids, yeah, we need to come on, come through. <laughs> um, we're also available on Google Podcasts, and I think those are the most, the top. Yeah, the most important. I think. 
Um, but yes, so my personal doula page is um, on Instagram. It's doula for the people. Um, and then on Facebook, it's the people's doula. Um, uh, what else? Oh, if you are in Chicago and you um, are, you need a CPR certification. I don't know, whatever field, you don't have to be a birth worker. But if you need a CPR certification, um, I am the founder of Chicago Black Doula Alliance. And we are hosting a CPR certification workshop on January 18th. Um, the registration link is in the bio of our Instagram page, which is Chicago Black Doula Alliance. Um, we're also on Facebook at Chicago Black Doula Alliance. If you are a Black birth worker, um, you can, we have, we also have a group for us on uh, Facebook, um, Chicago Black Doula Alliance, of course. Um, so you're more than welcome to join. And yeah, my personal Facebook is Shaquan Dupart, but I don't really be talking about nothing on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dry. <laughs> uh, but yes. And you can find me at um, Green Diva Superhero on Instagram or Maganga Midwife or underscore Herbs in the Hood underscore. You can find me on Facebook never. <laughs> never. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. never on Facebook, but <laughs> I mean, if you want to Send me a fan request, I guess. You can do that. <laughs> but I'm never really on Facebook. But it's just my name. But you can find us both at Worker Bays on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all good. <laughs> on Instagram, we're both hungry and sleep deprived. Okay. <laughs> we're up here, like, trying to make complete sentences for you all. Um, so, yes, please. Share, like, follow us. We are interested in what you think. Please yes. continue to give us feedback. Yes. Send us your show ideas, whatever you want. Yes. Uh, and then we'll talk to you next month. Yes. Have we'll a safe, safe New Year's. Please do. Yes. And we'll talk to you next month. And a very intentional New Year. Yep. So. Yay. Thank you. Okay, peace. Peace. <laughs>